If you have the chance to open your Bible to Psalm 2 today, we're just going to do a lot of reading in Psalm 2. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you that you, your word is living and active. Would you do something in each heart right now, in each soul, speak beyond my words, may your Holy Spirit speak through your word powerfully to strengthen, to convict, to illuminate for your sake. Through Christ, I pray these things. Amen. It is not news to tell you that our world is in an uproar. Turn on the news and you hear uproar. There's uproar in Ukraine. There's uproar in politics. There's uproar in schools. There's uproar in homes. Have you seen anything about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial lately? There's uproar right now on Twitter. But, you know, how dare Elon Musk, you know, buy Twitter out. The world's coming to an end. Um, there's even an uproar in MLB and in, in Major League Baseball. You know, Angel Hernandez calls a strike zone that is the size of the Washington Monument itself. And for some reason, people, he doesn't understand that everybody would like that. There's uproar everywhere. The good news is the uproar in the world is not new. Um, the good news is there is one who's above the uproar. Psalm 2 speaks of this and how we should respond. Because of the ultimate uproar that people have is the uproar against God. And so the psalmist describes the uproar like this. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. Let's tear off their chains and throw their ropes off us. Now, I don't know that there ever was a time literally where people, where, where nations and leaders did this. Maybe occasionally, but usually they are in an uproar against God, but they don't recognize that it's God they're fighting against. Like Hitler in his day, or Putin in his day, or Stalin in his day, or any immoral leader, they think they're just going for their own control and working for their own best interest, but God is sovereign God. And he's pointing out here, the nations are plotting in vain as they take their stands against the Lord and his anointed one. Let us tear off their chains and throw their ropes off of us. Um, the psalmist is incredulous. Why in the world would leaders want to fight against God? It is so foolish. You know, why is it? Who thinks that they can fight God's constraints? They admit God has put constraints in the world. God has created right and wrong. God will judge the, those who go against him. Um, those who are selfish or bloodthirsty or, um, or sinful or just disregard him. 
but for some reason they say God's restraints are chains. Let's throw them off. And how many times have we heard that in our day in so many different ways? Not just rulers of nations, but rulers of of companies, rulers of culture, rulers of entertainment. Let's throw off these chains that God's put on us. Yet all their attempts to cast off God's wisdom is just destructive. Their schemes never work the way they hope. Think about it. Didn't work for Adam and Eve. Didn't work in the day of Noah. Didn't work for Sodom and Gomorrah. Didn't work for the enemies of Jesus. Didn't work for Caesar or Hitler or Hugh Hefner. It never works to try to throw off the restraints of God as though we can. See, the creative man knows his creation. One of the ways we see this today, by the way, is, is, is by people throwing off the restraints of, you know, God has made us male and female. God has created um, uh, us to be who we are in his image. We are defined by what he says about us, not by our sexual desires. God has defined what health in marriage looks like, what healthy sexuality looks like, what healthy finances look like, what healthy discipline looks like. God knows his creation. He knows what's best. That's why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He really is. That's why the wise always follow God's ways and live within his restraints. His boundaries, the, where the fear of the Lord is, there's wisdom. And, uh, and, and Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 that um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yet leaders and politicians and influencers conspire to force their plans on the people. Can't you just see God looking down at Putin saying... Why in the world are you living in rebellion? You're not going to win. Can't you see God looking down on our nation, on anybody living in... I can see God looking down at me at times when I've resisted God and thinking, Brett, why are you fighting me? Why don't you just obey You really think it's a winning game to fight against me? Listen to verse 4. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. Find encouragement in that. The next time you get terrified by the Taliban or Putin, the next time you get too wrapped up, in the evils of what's going on in the United States. The evils of whether it's in our government and our classrooms. Would you remember God is on his throne and he laughs, he ridicules. Why? Not because he doesn't care, but because he knows the folly of fighting against him. Verse 5, then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. You see, there is coming a day when God will speak, when his righteousness is made known. 
I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Isn't that a great perspective? The nations rage against God for a short time, but Jesus is still king of kings. Jesus is still on his throne. And there will come a day when that will be known by everybody. The kingdom of the Messiah is founded upon the eternal decree of God the Father, the psalmist says. Verse 8, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. You will break them as an iron scepter. You will shatter them like pottery. That is, God is ultimately going to have the victory over all the nations. Jesus will ultimately be known as Lord of Lords, as King of Kings. They'll be broken. They'll be shattered. Just as Caesar was shattered, just as Napoleon was shattered, just as Hitler was shattered, just as Hefner was shattered. So ultimately, everybody bows down to God. We are either broken before him or broken by him. No time is specified, of course, when these things will come, but the promise is still sure. Our confidence should be sure. In view of all that, the psalmist recalls, calls everybody to wisdom. Verse 10. So now, kings, be wise. Now be wise. Receive instruction, you judges of the earth. Here, God is saying to Putin, be wise. Biden, be wise. Congress, be wise. Hollywood, be wise. New life, be wise. Re receive instruction. Supreme Court, there's a higher court that will judge you. And the wise will listen. Serve the Lord with reverential awe, verse 11, and rejoice with trembling. Pay homage to the Son, or he will be angry, and you will perish in your rebellion. For his anger may ignite at any moment, but all who take refuge in him are happy. I really immediately see two applications that I would just make real quickly. First of all, fear the Lord, serve the Lord with fear, rejoicing, and trembling. What a wonderful combination of emotions. With fear, reverential awe, understanding that God is sovereign. You look to the skies, you see the greatness of the skies above you and realize there is a God who is above all of that, who is so great we cannot even imagine his greatness. We can't imagine the greatness of the universe, yet the greatness of the one who's beyond the universe. We serve him with reverential awe and trembling and rejoicing. I think about Daniel when he goes to speak before Nebuchadnezzar once in, in the book of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar threatens to kill the prophets who won't give him a, 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 a prophetic reading. And before Daniel goes to Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel prays to the Almighty God. And then he goes before Nebuchadnezzar and he speaks to Nebuchadnezzar boldly. Why? Because when you go first before the Almighty God, when you first get your perspective of awe, and trembling before the Almighty God, then you can go on your way rejoicing, even standing before Nebuchadnezzar, because you're right with the one who is the Almighty and in control. And so we serve him with great respect. Um, you know how I apply this to my life today as I was thinking about this devotionally? Um, whenever I sin, it's because I think I'm smarter than God. 
whenever I, I sin, it's because I fail to respect God for being God. And I think, God, I, I think, I, I think I'm better on this one. So, Lord, I'm not going to prioritize my money the way that you would because I think I'm better on it. God, I don't want to obey you on this. I want to take that risk. You know, I, I don't want to go, go share, talk to that person about you. You know, I, I don't want to restrain my anger on this one. I don't want to practice that discipline. God, I think I'm smarter than you on this one. I don't want to fast that day, you know, because I think I got this, Lord, without... You. But we serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoicing with trembling. That means, God, I obey you because you are God and you are smarter and you are wiser and you are more loving. By the way, that's how we read the Bible as well. Sometimes I, 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 people will question the Bible. They're like, I, you know, I, I don't like how the Bible is anti-woman, for instance, is your popular one these days. It's like, wait a second. Why are you assuming that God is anti-woman, the God who made men and women and then who wrote his words is anti-woman? God's wiser than we are. Rather than judging Scripture, we are judged by Scripture. We need to understand why is that in there? And what are we to learn? That's what it means, again, to serve the Lord with reverential awe, rejoicing and trembling. There's so much joy in that. Ultimately, though, rejoicing and trembling because we walk with Jesus as our good shepherd and we know he wins. Bask in that last line. All who take refuge in him are happy. You know, some put their trust in chariots. Some put their trust in armies. Some put their trust... In bank accounts, some try to find their joy in personal abilities and accomplishments. But the Bible is clear. All who take refuge in Jesus are blessed. One commentator put it this way. I really liked it. He said, blessed are those, blessed are they that put their trust in him, Jesus, king, kings, princes, people, all of every age and every land, the poor, the rich, the bond, the free, white, black, copper-colored or mixed, all in sickness or health, in prosperity or adversity, in life or in death, all of every condition and in all conceivable circumstances are blessed who put their trust in him. All need him as savior. All will find him to be a savior adapted to their needs. All who do this are happy. All are safe in time and in eternity. This great truth is stated everywhere in the Bible. And to induce all weak and guilty and helpless to put their trust in the Son of God is the great design of all the communications which God has made to mankind. Why do the nations rage? And the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. Let's tear off their chains and throw their ropes off us. But the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and he terrifies them in his wrath. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, 
You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the end of the earth your possession. You will break them with an iron scepter. You will shatter them like pottery. So kings, be wise. Receive instruction, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Boy, how about that for a great summary of how, you know your purpose in life? Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Pay homage to the son or he'll be angry with you and will, you'll perish in your rebellion for his anger may ignite at any moment. But all who take refuge in him are happy. Heavenly Father, I pray that today we will be on this on your side, the side of those who serve you in reverential awe, with joy and appropriate awe. Help us not to become fearful when the nations rage, when the people in power rage against you and conspire against you and pretend, act like you're not God. Help us to remember that you're on your throne and those who take refuge in Jesus always win. Guide us as, as our good shepherd today. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me and I hope you'll share Christ with somebody this week. I hope you'll have a conversation with somebody. Ask them, how can I pray for you? I hope that you'll invite somebody to church. Till next time.